Good morning. Welcome to our Monday morning chapel. We begin today with a prayer request. Uh, Glenda Basso works in uh, Meyer Hall. Her daughter Cynthia and Cynthia's husband Suman um, were expecting a little girl. Eden was to be her name, but she was stillborn on Friday. We'd like to have a prayer for the family. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come before your throne on behalf of this young family and pray that you would now be with them through this very difficult time. Comfort them with your saving word and the knowledge of Christ. Be with all who now mourn the loss of this little girl. We thank you for the gift of eternal life which you have given to us through the birth of your Son, our Redeemer. Grant all of us faith in him alone that we may someday join all of your saints in glory. We pray this all in his saving name. Amen. Please join me also in the morning prayer, which you will find on, the, on page 167 in the front part of your hymn book. Page 167, the first of those prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray you to protect me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen.
this week known as Epiphany One in the church year, the gospel reading for this past Sunday was uh, the, the boy Jesus in the temple. And it's often a week to focus on uh, the role of parenting and bringing up children in the faith. With that in mind, we use today our, uh, the words of our psalm, which will be the basis for our meditation. Uh, please join with me from Psalm 119 as we read responsively. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget you. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Years ago, while serving a parish, uh, one of my members came in to see me and was a little bit both upset and yet at the same time had some joy in her heart. She was upset because her daughter had come home from her public school, and daughter was about 15, and told her mother that uh, in one of her classes that day, I believe it was a sociology class, the teacher had asked the students to go and stand in three different spots in the room depending on their view on a certain moral issue had to do with sexuality. And it was very clear that the teacher was trying to direct the students to stand in the position that would represent the things contrary to what the Bible would teach. And out of about 25 or 30 students in the classroom, her daughter was the only one that went and stood in the side that would have stood up for what Christ said, what the Bible taught on the issue. And the teacher kind of realized that he had made this very difficult for her and started to apologize to her in front of all the other students, some of whom were mocking her and so on. This mother was upset when she came to talk to me and wanted to know how can I write something to her teacher. But at the same time, she was kind of proud of her daughter for having stood. And when she asked her daughter why she went and stood there, she said, well, that's where Jesus would have had us stand. Just think how hard that was, a 15-year-old kid in front of a culture that is completely anti-Christ. And to have to go stand alone in a corner representing her Savior. Just think of that. What, what goes on inside of a person's heart to make them stand with their Savior in a situation like that. The psalmist in front of us is basically asking the question, with, with all the sin and wickedness and unbelief that is present in this world and that attacks even us in our every day-to-day -day life, how is it possible for us to remain clean before God? How is it possible for us to keep our faith? How is it possible for us to endure all the wickedness and evil around us and even inside of us, how is it possible to stand with Christ? 
And he gives the answer. By taking heed according to your word. And he says to God, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It was that word of her Savior that was buried down inside of that 15-year-old young lady's heart that caused her to stand with Christ and to deal with the mockery of her peers. Today, I'd like you to consider this text not from the perspective of yourself and your upbringing, but I want you to look forward in life. Hopefully, God may allow and bless many of you to be parents someday. And I'd like you to consider what kind of a parent you will be. And there is no greater role that you will play in life, and certainly not for the Christian church, than the role that you will play of bringing the knowledge of Christ to your children and instilling this wonderful faith that we have into the hearts and minds and consciences of your child someday. I'm going to offer you four basic principles to keep in mind. First is this, and that is to keep the big picture of life before you at all times when you're training your kids. The primary purpose of you being a parent is not to keep your kids off of drugs and to have them live a clean moral life. That's fine. That's nice. But the primary purpose is to make sure they know their Savior and to realize the need they have for that Savior and to hold on to him and his grace to get to heaven. I heard this in a paper once. I'll read it for you. Staying off drugs, retaining one's virginity until marriage, etc., are to be treated as wonderful byproducts of keeping our families with Christ, but should not become the focus of parenting. There will be many in hell who had strong marriages and great parent-child relations. We must keep our eyes on the true target of our faith, and that is heaven through repentance and faith in Christ. You know, there are a lot, of, uh, a lot of very important things that you're going to have to teach your kids someday. As a grandparent now, I get the fun of watching my kids be parents. Oh, man, that is, that's fun. And hearing them say all the things that I used to say to them, some of which they chafed under. But it's amazing to watch your kids being parents just to think of all the little issues they have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Don't touch that. Don't put that in your mouth. Don't put that in your eye. All these different things that a parent has to do out of love for their child to protect them and to protect their health and their bodies and, and also to protect maybe even the things that they're going to possess, how to take care of those things. It's amazing how much parenting deals with all that stuff about this life. And it's all important. But as you become a parent, if you're blessed with that position in life, don't neglect the soul, your child's soul and relationship to God. There's nothing of greater importance. So to keep that in mind. Secondly, gently, lovingly, keep God's word in front of them on a daily basis. The text before us, the psalmist says, your word have I hidden in my heart. The word hidden there doesn't mean to keep it away from people. It, it actually means to bury it there like a treasure, something that you don't want anybody to take away from you. That's what the Hebrew word means there. Your word have I hidden in my heart. 
And one of the best ways to do that is just through daily, regular family devotions. Just when you put your kids to bed at night or after dinner at the dinner table, to take just a few minutes, sometimes it's just two to three minutes, even just praying the Lord's Prayer together. And that Word of God gets instilled in them and becomes like, I call it a Christ filter. It filters all of their thoughts and life and even their relationships in the family and out to their friends. It filters it all through the blood of Christ, who's come to forgive us all of our sins and to earn heaven for us. That's why God said to the Old Testament believers, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. He's talking to parents. First of all, make sure they're on your hearts. And then he says, impress them on your children. Push them down into the hearts of your kids. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. What he's trying to say is everywhere, every part of life, everything you do in life, everything you talk about, the word of God should just be in the conversation, should be just part of it, not just something you do on Sunday morning. Many years ago, I remember someone telling me that back in the 1930s and 40s, when they would train bank tellers, new bank tellers, to try to spot um, counterfeit bills. What they would do is they would take them the first day of work and put them in a room with just stacks of thousands of dollar bills, of real dollar bills, and have them sit and just count them, count them, count them, count them. And they would just go through stacks and stacks and stacks of thousands of bills. And the purpose was that they got, they got the feel for what the real thing was so much that if a counterfeit came through, they would spot it just like that. That's how God would have us consider how we impress things into our children, into their hearts and lives and consciences. That God's word is so much a part, the philosophy of Christ, the, the way of looking at the world through Christ and the lens of his word is so much a part of their being that when a different philosophy or a different voice or a different high school teacher stands up and tells them something different, they're going to spot it just like that and recognize the danger. Number three, as a parent, understand and realize the tremendous significance you have of being a model and an example to your children. I'm going to read something from a professor that taught on this campus years ago, Norman Madsen. He said, can you think of a more vicious way to poison the heart and soul of a little child than to speak piously of the word of God and the church only to be a living example of what a Christian should not be in your daily life? When, when teenagers who once were in church fell away from, from church and from that, the number two reason they give for that is because of hypocrisy that they saw in adults. Don't just tell your kids that God's word is important to them. Show them in your life that it is. Don't, don't just encourage them to repent of their sins. Demonstrate to them what it means to repent of your sins. Don't just tell them how important the sacrament of the altar is. You be there and demonstrate to them how much you need that forgiveness in Christ. Don't just lecture them on how wonderful heaven is. Make sure they see that in your life and in your heart, how important it is to get there. It will never hurt your child 
in his or her spiritual life, it will never hurt your child to see you, their parent, reaching for the cross of Christ with the same trembling hand that they are. Number four, and that is this, remember the wonderful power that we have in the word of God, this saving word of God, and the blessings that come from it, not just the blessings in the future once you die, but even now in this life. St. Augustine used to say, how do you defend a caged lion? He said, you don't. You let it out of its cage. That's how it is with God's word, he said. You don't have to, have to defend it, but in, the, in your kid's life, let it out of its cage. Put it into their life. It will be the very thing that defends itself in their hearts. The psalmist says this, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, speaking to God, as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Should God put you in the role of being a parent someday, may he truly bless you to be heavenly-minded toward them, and also may he instill in your heart a love for this same Savior that would take both you and your children through the gates of heaven. Amen. Continue with our next hymn.